Tomorrows. Welcome to Thursday. If you're if you're listening live, if you're oh, I gotta I gotta have my out of the podcast right on the day. I've got a, a, a real podcast addiction, and this is the only thing that can do it. I need help, Dan. Do you? Yes, I need help. I'm I'm going through withdrawal and I'm sweating, I'm panicking. Wink wink. Give me, give me out of the podcast, baby. Give me Fillmore. That's the only cure for me. Well, Am I in the I'm, right place? I'm here. You're in the right place. I'm here to help. Dr. Dan saying I'm in the right place. And Gentleman Joey here to say, give me the fix. Dr. Welcome, Mario. Welcome to the show. Oh. <laughs> That's you. It is a, a me. It's, it's a you. <laughs> Thank you. How's it going? Not too bad, but quiet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just it's a weird re- time of year. It is a weird time of year. Uh, weather ban temporarily lifted. The heat broke for, yeah. for a minute. I'm still waiting for it to boomerang on back around. I'm not ready to trust just yet. So life is more livable. But that said, I, I've not been living it. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough, man. Just been reading a ton. That's my goal. For That's the good. Week. And yes, I mean, you know, comic books, but. Right. I'm still try- reading. Trying to read heat too, but my copy is still delayed. What the heck? I know. I'm yeah, ready to I, get into it. I've been hearing good things, but I'm hoping we'll so. I'm hoping yeah. I can just plow through it. I already have such a huge to read list, you know. Yeah, it's too much. I, I do too. Yeah, I have I have a lot. Um, yeah, and it's like I, I I try to read every day, but yeah, some days I don't, and then I try to make up for it, and yeah, it's a whole it's a whole thing. Yeah, and I'm trying to balance, you know, books and comics. Yeah, much like work and family, Dan. How do you do it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how anyone does it. It's tough stuff. And, you know, like you, you try to read one thing, but then maybe you're like, oh, I've read too much of this one thing. But you want the stories are so vast, you know, yeah. trying to read all the love and rockets that I've never read before. And oh. that's been quite a undertaking, but delightfully so. And then listen to love and rockets while you while you read it. They would discourage me from doing that. They <laughs> oh, were not they? compensated for the, the name. OK, yeah, maybe it's, not. It's a bit of a sticking point with the brothers Hernandez. Yeah. You know, maybe I won't turn it off if I see it a video on MTV Classic as I do. Yeah, that's usually where I see them. Yes, absolutely. And the same certain videos over and over again. But then yeah. there's like a random one. And you're like, what? Yeah. What's this? One? Why is this what's, one? Here? What is this yeah. one? Yeah, I like when that happens. I have no examples to give because I'm a terrible host. No, you're well, not. Welcome to the show. Don't say yourself short. Thank you. I feel very small this tall i'm making a very small hand sign mm-hmm. but thank you you made me feel like a giant today <laughs> made you feel 10 feet tall i'll take it <laughs> how's it going i haven't been watching anything other than i saw prey i saw yeah yeah did we talk about that last week? we didn't know yeah. we, we had a guest so we didn't get yes, to talk we about well they didn't want anything to do with our lives rightfully yeah. so but now that it's just the lads again we did talk about that yes we talked about it a lot. We talked yeah. about it off air, uh, you and yeah. I, but yes, that no, was great. I liked it a lot. I did the Comanche version. Um, cool. Which was good. Which, I mean, great. The only thing was like with the subtitles, it was too, so, like, it was like, you know, crickets chirping, like, you know, yeah. I didn't need all that. I just wanted the language, but that's all right. I could, I ignored it eventually. Yeah. Get used to it. Yeah, exactly. But that's yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah, yeah. It was, I had a really good time. Nice and quick. Yeah, I went. I went back and watched uh, the first three because um, I, I have a triple Blu-ray box. That's why I watched first one, second one, and Predators, which I, I actually don't think I've ever seen Predators. So uh, the one with uh, Adrian Brody, Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, Predators. Yeah, what'd you think yeah. of that one? Um, I liked it. I didn't love it. It definitely had moments. I did. I didn't dislike it. Um, I mean, coming off of two though, it's like hard. Because like, like I feel like I mean one and two. Really, I was gonna say but, coming but, off of one, like yeah, one, I mean, of the, one's, the great, yeah. one of the all time greatest films. You know, at the end of the day, fuck all these sequels. It's one true and true. I forgot just like, how much like ridiculous action is in is in the first one. Like I mean, oh I, I, you kind of expect it, but like just actually seeing it like oh unfold. even in the beginning, they're like just gunning down that village and everything yeah. like that, and it is it's wild. It, yeah, it's a lot. And two is just, I mean, it's all Danny Glover. I mean, Danny Glover just like crushes it in that movie. As he always um, does. Yeah. Yeah. God bless but, Danny Glover. Yeah. He's great. But yeah, that two's, two's a lot of fun. Yep. Um, yeah. Predators was fine. 
Um, You'll have to watch the the Shane Black The Predator. Yeah, I want to. I I'm do very want to curious to hear what you have to say. There's one scene in particular that is uh, just bizarre that it happens. But is that streaming? It must be. Okay. It's not that. I could even see that being with Hulu. I, I know they grabbed a ton of the streaming rights to all the Predators. I saw they mm-hmm. had at least the first two, and maybe that Rodriguez one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll look around for it. Yeah, but I, I do want to see it. I I definitely yeah, it is on my list. Unfortunately, the the it's only a triple pack, so that's as far as it goes. <laughs> it happens sometimes. Yeah. That's that's how it is with my Alien set, where it only has like the first four. But you know, at the end of the day, too, isn't that really all I need? I forget which one I have. I think I might have the same one because it has well the anthology, I believe. Yeah, it has Alien, Aliens, and then it has Aliens three, and then Resurrection. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the one I have too. I know these days you can get your uh, Prometheuses and your Covenant. Yeah, Yeah, which are fine. I mean, they're not amazing, but they're all right. Prometheus more so than Covenant, but. It's been a long time. I could maybe I have a different lens on it, but the ideas are so interesting. I, I yeah. definitely give it up to that. And there's some pretty cool visuals, but does it all come together? I don't know. Ridley Scott. Does Ridley Scott get to a certain point in his career where it just sort of falls apart and you can kind of just hope for the best being a covenant is fine? Sure, that happens. But he made Blade yeah. Runner, Dan. Leave him alone. Yeah. Uh, hey, yeah. I mean, that's one of my all-time favorite movies. So yeah, he made I'll, Alien, Dan. I'll leave him alone. Alien, Alien's another all-time favorite movie. That yeah. one two punch alone is just enough to coast. Yeah, you th- you would think. Um, Legend, right? Wasn't that him? Was that him? I believe it was. Please check. I, that haven't, seen, I haven't seen that movie in, in so long. Have you ever seen it with the Tangerine Dream soundtrack that was taken away from the U.S. cut? No, I have not. I think you'd like that quite a bit. It is really Scott. You're right. Thank yes. you so much. Nice so, work. Sometimes I just have you check stuff so I could show off, but this yeah. is not this hey. is not the case. I totally was like, uh, is it? <laughs> yeah, but did you know that he also made oh, Bla- Black Hawk Down? And I saw that in the movie theater. See, this is what I'm out. talking about, Dan. You know, there's there's a decline. I've never yeah. seen that movie, and I think that is a trend that I'll make it to my death with. I would say I remember it being really intense. Sure. When I saw it, but also that was 21 years ago. The so. Blackhawk went down, Dan. Of course it's intense. Yeah. I remember that thing back up. I remember it being very like immediate and very like anxiety provoking when I watched it. I mean, great. Again, it was like over 20 years ago that I saw it, but yeah, I remember it being pretty intense. I mean, he did Black Rain, which I've always wanted to see and have, have not seen. It's okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll get around to it someday. I got around to it once. <laughs> And if you can do that, then I can too. I mean, in high school, I did. Yeah. Uh, I was in a class. I won't get into the everything. I'm going to keep this long story short, Dan. Okay. But anyways, I, there was a homework assignment I didn't do. And I was like, oh, I didn't get around to it. And the teacher was like, what's that? I was like, oh, I didn't get around to it. He goes to his desk, pulls something out, and he hands it to me. And it's this wooden circle. I'm like, the hell? Look at it. And it says to it on it. He gave me a round to it, Dan. Mm. <laughs> That's the well, kind of education I got. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> uh, that's about it. Unfortunately, yeah. it was, you know, not that kind of week. Yeah. But, you know, TV's good. Better Call Saul is going to is over by the time this comes out. wonder if I was blown away by it, but it's fantastic leading up to it rehearsal's been killing it tomorrow's the finale so i'm looking forward to that which i was like oh no six episodes that's kind of a bummer but it's short yeah i'll I'll take what i can get baby what about new new beavis and butthead haven't watched it yet waiting for the whole season to be out but i'm hearing good things and, and dan's on board so that's that's got me psyched Every I feel like it's it's definitely get it, like they're all good, but they're de- it's definitely like getting better as it goes along. Like, like the episodes groove. are getting even better, yeah, as, as it goes along, which That's is great. awesome. No, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'll definitely be back on Paramount Plus pretty soon. Um, I mean, they're only releasing so they released two episodes the first week and then one episode last week. So I don't know if they're going to just do one a week now, which is kind probably. of annoying. that's kind of how they seem to do it these yeah. days, where it's like a two episode premiere. Yeah, that's how I uh, wish they would just put it all up at the one time. This season of Reservation Dogs was premiered. You watch that show, Dan? No, I've heard of it. Just check it out. It's, it's very good. Very yeah. funny. Very funny. Yeah. Cool. I think that's about it for yeah. for the lads. There was a perfect segment or uh, segue before, but that's all right. It's in the wind now. 
We left it. It's true. Uh, <laughs> here's one. <laughs> not feeling so good? Oh, Dan, I'm not feeling so hot at all. I must have uh, a reason to panic. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, you ready for some taglines? I am very ready. The screen's greatest excitement of the year. All caps mm-hmm. for that one. Mm-hmm. Watch out. <laughs> I did. Soon you will see the screen excitement of the year. Okay. Hey, Dan, this could happen in your city. Hey, I Dan, guess it could. I guess Ilya, it could. Ilya Kazan creates the excitement of the year. Uh, that, that was trash. Uh, 20th Century Fox has created a new dimension of drama in a chronicle of this event, its incidents and emotions of the people who were a part of it. Watch out. They do watch out twice. I don't know. But watch out, everybody. It's episode 85. Naturally, we're talking about the panic in the streets. This thing was released September 15th, 1950 from the old friends at 20th Century Fox. It's a Disney movie now, everybody. Directed by Ilya Kazan. This was, at this point, right before A Streetcar Named Desire. So he was right about to super hit. Although mm-hmm. Boomerang had been out at this point. Right. Uh, screenplay by, speaking of Boomerang, Richard Murphy. from mm-hmm. With an adaptation from Daniel Fuchs, back again. Mm-hmm. And that is from a story. There's writers all over this thing. From Edna and Edward Anholt. Welcome to the show. Welcome to New Orleans. Put a mask on because we're going right into this thing. Talk about a COVID movie, huh, Dan? Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to think about that while or watching it. Monkey pox or whatever epidemic yeah. we're going through now. If you're listening to this years later, I'm sure we got a nice new virus that we're all terrified of. Yeah, they just keep coming. Or not terrified of, I guess, is what we've shown is that, you know, despite health and warnings, we're just going to go power through and <laughs> say, fuck it, huh? We're on our own. Yeah, we could do it. Yeah. I mean, and there's a lot of pushback in this movie from the higher ups so, that are just like, ah, screw it. So I guess it just goes to show that there's always someone trying to kill us. Yeah. Much like the mayor in Jaws, Dan. <laughs> they don't care about you. They just care about the almighty dollar. Summer dollars yes. in particular. Oh, <laughs> well, those are the best dollars of all. Apparently. Sand dollars, as they call them. Ooh, I yes, like it. Thank you. Uh, so... Let's go ahead and get right into this thing because this this movie does just kind of start and it it keeps going. That's very Mm -hmm. much to its credit. We're in New Orleans, as we said. You see like an upper floor window gets tossed open and we go in there. There's a poker game going on, Dan. And there's this a lot of guys playing. You got this guy Kolchak who clearly is pretty sick. Something's up with him. He's not doing so hot, but he's winning. He's doing quite well in the game. Also, we should mention it's not the Night Stalker. <laughs> it's not. It's not Kolchak. It's Kochak. Kochak. Thank I, you. I wish. I wish it was Kolchak. But anyway, Kochak the Night Coffer. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That guy. Uh, he's winning big time. He, he's got a nice big pot, and he's like, you know what? I'm out of here. If I saw this guy, I'd be like, I don't buy it. You know? This, yeah. This, he's clearly up to something. Which yeah, you know, they're... you could say that the, the the boys feel the same way. You got. Blackie, Jack Palance, of course, in his debut role, killing it. Terrifying. Uh, terrifying, got the most distinctive face shape of all time. Walter Jack Palance still at this yes. point, which mm-hmm. that was fun to see. He's not psyched about this. And there's also Poldy as well. Mm-hmm. Guy Thorn- <laughs> Thonian. Yeah, I'd, I'd say, yeah, Thonajan. There we go. So they they go after him because they're like, this guy took all of our money. I don't like that. So they go after him. They they try to muscle him. Kochak, (laughs) the night coffer, he's trying to make his way through it. But Blackie, he wants his money. He's going to get it. We're at the docks, you know, the dock area, because as we'll see, this guy came up from a boat Mm -hmm. where all this had went down and, and led us to our plot here. So they, they surround Kochak, they get into a fight with him, and they're like, kill him. You know, who cares if he's not doing so hot? This guy took all of our money. He's got to go. So two shots, he's done. And then they're like, get the money, get rid of this body. So the body, of course, naturally, it turns up. Yeah, <laughs> It's got no identification, though. 
And they're like, we, we got to figure this thing out. The coroner is the one who finds out, like, this guy, he seems to be infected. Something happened to him. This isn't good. So we got to call in an expert. Let me call my boss, Dr. Clinton Reed, mm-hmm. who is our Richard Widmark. We get, we, we get a good guy, Widmark, for once. Which is interesting, yeah. It is interesting. It's nice to see. I mean, there's plenty of these movies out there, but not necessarily yeah. in film noir. And it's great. You, you see him. He's at home. He's got the day off, just trying to live it up as we all do. Yeah. But like a day off, naturally, it's going to get interrupted. <laughs> yeah. He's like painting with his son, Tommy, mm-hmm. like paint mm-hmm. a cabinet or whatever. And his son's like, you know, an expert at painting. He's like, no, no, no. This is how you do it. <laughs> he, he does a bad job, though, when he does actually paint. He's painting in every which direction. As, as someone who's painted, you recognize it right away. But hey, the kids, right, Dan? You let them, you yeah. let them have some fun. Sure. And his wife, Nancy, who's an old friend of the show, Barbara Bell Geddes. Love her. Love her. Love saying her name. Yeah. Uh, does a good job as this wife. You know, it's kind of a thankless role, but she brings the Bell Geddes into it. And that's all yeah. you can ask for. He's called away. He's a businessman. He does what he's got to do. He's like, you know what? I got to go work. Let's see what's going on. It's not like this is going to lead to anything too crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he checks out the body and he's like, you know what? This guy's got the fucking plague. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Uh, oops. Version of the bubonic plague. You know, must be some rats involved. Uh, it's the pneumonic plague. Pneuma, exactly. Right. Not a bubonic. Uh, yeah. It's a, a pulmonary version. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, that's not good. Aside from isolated okay, cases in the him, past man. 20 years, there's been at least one major outbreak. In November of 1924 in Los Angeles, California, a woman died of what was thought to be pneumonia. 32 people it had contact with. And within four days before the disease could be correctly diagnosed and contained, 26 of them had died. And they died suddenly, violently, and horribly. The disease was finally found to be pneumonic plague. Pneumonic plague is the pulmonary form of bubonic, the Black Death of the Middle Ages. And its death incidence is practically one What did you say he was? I'm Dr. Reed of the United States Public Health Service. And one of the jobs of my department is to keep uh, plague out of this uh, country. Uh, sit down, sit down. Don't let me interrupt you. Speak your word later about it, will you please? Come on, Mary. Does Dr. Reed fill you in on this? Are you finished, Doctor? Well, there's not much more, Mr. Mayor. Bubonic plague, as you probably know, is spread by the rat flea, which is why we watch all ships and ports. Pneumonic, on the contrary, can be spread like a common cold on the breath, sneezes, or sputum of its victims. Very interesting, but I don't quite see why we were called into this. Because this morning, right here in the city, your police found the body of a man who was infected with this disease. It's going to be hard for, I understand our listeners, to understand the plot of this one. It's hard to relate to, but... (laughs) I, you know, if we were doing the podcast like five, ten years earlier, I wonder how the review of this one would go. Be like, I don't believe any of this. It would, it would be very different, <laughs> for sure. I, I think. I'm very curious to see like what how reviews have changed for this one now that we can all relate to it. Yes. So he's like, hey, anyone that's been in contact with this guy, we got to get him in. We got to give him a shot. Got to give him the vaccine. Mm-hmm. The old Fauci ouchie. And, uh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> we could do this. Hold on, Dan. I, I got a cough. I think it's it's because of the show. I'm gonna leave this one on air. Our friend Col- <laughs> Kojak. Yeah, the night cougher. The night cougher. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like a like a Mad Magazine spoof. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Call the 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 gang of uh, idiots. What is that? That's what they would just call the people who worked at MAD, like the usual game oh, of idiots yeah, yeah. or morons. I can't remember. Not, yeah, I think it's that, yeah. Casual MAD reader over here. It was yeah, bad by the time I was alive. Yeah. But I've heard good things about the old ones. I have a collection of the first six issues Oh, wow. that I got for very cheap and have yet to read probably 10 years at this point. Maybe you need to get on it. Dan, I don't know if you heard this. I'm trying to read everything here. <laughs> well, in the, in the interest of reading everything, yes. that, that can be part of the everything. Yeah, maybe I could plow through it. Yeah, th- I'm sure those are quick. You do a couple stories and then move on to something else. That's what I yeah. try to do. Yeah. I don't know, Dan, I'm working against the clock of the plague. There's only so much time. That's true, and, and we're panicking right now. So, oh, it's, I'm not in the streets just yet, though. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, panicking, we're panicking in the morgue at this point. Exactly. Richard Widmark's panicking about those bills that he can't pay. 
Yeah, that's a weird thing that keeps coming through the entire thing. Like he like he can pay them, but he can't. Yeah, but money's like, tight. He, he doesn't want to. Right you kind of have to get him at the right time, you know? Because yeah, he, I guess he spends money too quickly or something. Yeah, it's interesting because he don't really ever talk about it. But he's also like he's a doctor. Like you think he makes at least some money. Yeah, <laughs> but know? I think they did say like, oh, because he chose to be this kind of doctor. Right. You don't know. He doesn't make as much money. as he, like, You make nothing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we saw how thankless the disease job is. Yeah. Oh, also somewhere in here, there's a director cameo, too. Yeah. I don't know in. what Kazan looks like. So naturally, I didn't see it. But we'll post a picture. We'll, 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 everybody loves a director cameo. Yeah. So everyone's got to get a shot. I'm sure even he did, you know, mm-hmm. he's working that job. He was too close to it. So they're like, what are we going to do? He, he meets up with, you know, a, a brain trust of, of government yeah. officials or town officials. So he's got he's in the mayor's office and, you know, the police commissioners there and some other city officials. And would you believe it, Dan? They're, they're, they don't want to act on what he's saying. They're like, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah it's 1950 you know yeah we're not gonna have a plague <laughs> so we don't, we don't want to panic in the streets here all right exactly like, we need those sand dollars everybody's got to come in yeah so all hands on deck the mayor though he he is convinced eventually and he's like all right i'm gonna put the who's he put with him dan what's that it's cop that police uh tom warren the police captain paul douglas yeah he reluctantly is forced to like be with him and uh, he, you know, doesn't really believe in any of this. He's not on board with the mission, but, you know, he follows orders. Mm-hmm. So he's like, we got 48 hours to work with here before New Orleans is just, you know, a city of corpses. But also, we don't want a panic in the streets, Dan, despite the movie title. So let's right. not tell the press. We got to keep this thing under wraps. I mean, there is like even like a reporter who keeps popping up who mm-hmm. really wants to report this story. But. No, 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 our reporter friend. You better hold back. Nope. To the point that we're going to arrest him. <laughs> so yes, he doesn't, exactly. He doesn't, he doesn't report them, yeah. <laughs> so we're off at this point, and then this is, you get a really, it's a very interesting film noir. I mean, obviously, we we have the crime aspect of it right in the right. beginning. Someone's been killed. But the investigationness of it all is really just trying to find someone so they can give them a shot. <laughs> right. It's it's tied up in, it, it's, the, it's the twofold of like, yeah, they're trying to solve the case of and of the murderer, mm-hmm. but also what's even more prescient and and more important is the is that they find this guy because he could potentially spread it to other people. So it's like this interesting, you know, they need to find this guy for two reasons, not just because he killed somebody, um, which is the normal standard fare that you would get, you know, exactly. where you're just searching for the killer. You're searching for the killer, but also he's going to potentially kill you know from a disease in the in the future, not necessarily to be from, a serial a killer, weapon. right? Yeah. Yeah, so because uh, it was because of the body was moved, they realized, you know, obviously he didn't just fall into the water. Right. So obviously these guys who killed them, they, they've been exposed to this. They got to get him. Right. So they go off. They figure out that the body, you know, is clearly not American. So they're looking for someone possibly Armenian or Czech. So then they're all also near the pier. But they have the misfortune of the fact that nobody wants to talk to cops. Yeah. So it makes it a very hard investigation. And also it doesn't help that Widmark is the guy working with him. He doesn't really believe in any of this. So he's not really doing his job. He's not working so hard. And he's mm-hmm. Widmark's just basically on his own. And a lot of it is just trying to get people on board and get them to believe him and take a try shot, pay, which everyone wants money. to get. Yeah. Yeah. Try to like bribe people to get information through the line, you know, tr- down the line, trying to connect the dots. So they're looking for that. And at the same time, they're also they they got all the criminals, you know, rounded up. They're showing a picture, which is just like a picture of a dead man. That's always fun to see because mm-hmm. that's all they got. It's not like there's any information on this guy whatsoever. And, you know, Widmark is just really struggling. He's doing that amazing like Widmarkness of his performance. Uh, I usually see this in such an evil way, but just the desperation, I guess, is what it is. is mm-hmm. He does such a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, you know, and like, like you're saying where he's like trying to bribe people with like 50 bucks. It, you know, it's like when they tried to bribe people to get the, the COVID shot. In. I mean, this thing is yeah. tight. They really predicted it quite well. Yeah, it's interesting. So they kind of get the word out. Be like, hey, we're looking for information on this guy. You know, come to this cafe. Cafe. 
I get that. If you if anyone has any information, come here. You know, we'll figure it out. So a, a girl comes over and she's like, I think I might know who that is. I think I know the boat owner who that is. Let's, you know, we can go talk to him. So they go over to the boat and the guy's just like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Don't talk to cops. Like, shut up. And, then, mm-hmm. you know, slowly starts to get out of just like, uh, you might have a virus. You might have a plague of some sort. So you're going to need a vaccine. And she's really like, hey, get that thing. You, you don't want to die. So he's just like, okay, that's fine. I got to ask my wife, who also owns another cafe. We'll figure this thing out. And this wife is also like, hey, don't talk to the cops. Mm-hmm. She she does recognize the picture of this dead man, but she doesn't like any of this. So she's like, nope, don't do it. But she also shows signs of, of being sick. That's the other thing. A lot of times is people are like, oh, I don't want to help out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my head hurts. Good night, everybody. The word has gotten out that yeah. these guys are looking, you know, there's people looking around for this guy and, you know, gets back to Blackie, of course. Mm-hmm. They don't know about the whole, like, disease aspect of everything. So they think it's just people trying to solve a murder. Right. And I don't know if we knew this at this point, but it turns out Poldy, who is one of Blackie's henchmen guys, he was related to this guy, the dead man. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very much just like, oh, I wonder if, like, that has anything to do with it. Because, I mean, like I said... They're questioning everybody. And so these guys get pulled in and they think, you know, maybe there's some suspicion behind it, even though they really are just pulling in everybody and, and trying to give them vaccines. So Blackie's very suspicious about all of this. He feels like there's a connection between these cousins and stuff like that. And, you know, Poldy also is just like getting very sick, too. Yeah. So he's very unable to like participate. And they're like, oh, that's suspicious when really it's just like, no, he's slowly dying. Yeah. And the thing with Blackie, too, is he runs a racket. Like, I don't quite know what his deal is, but he is also trying to, like, have a, the facade of, like, legitimate businesses. Yeah, he's definitely like a like a gangster um, yeah. type. And he definitely has a level of, I don't want to say popularity, but, like, maybe notoriety within the area. Like, kind of the seedy, you know, bars and hangouts around the docks. Um, we find out later that he used to work as a dock worker at one of the docks for a while. And he kind of basically goes off about how like, Oh, I'm never going back to that. Like I'm, you know, I'm doing my own thing. I'm making out good. Like he's got his own rackets that he's doing. That's making him money now that he's, I'm never going to go back to that. And like you were saying, like he is very well liked. Uh, he yeah. you know, spreads money around the town. There's like right. an old, very, very like older man. Was, he gives like a noogie to, as he gives right. him money, he gives him money a couple of times throughout the movie. Um, so yeah, there's a prostitute at one point that he gives money to. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's, he's a good guy for sure. Minus mm. minus <laughs> everything mm. else. <laughs> we also see as, as Reed and Warren have been working together, Warren's on board. He's like, you know, this guy really seems to care. You know, he's not just some nut yeah. scamming everybody. You know, like he, he, he must be on to something here. These people are sick. That's pretty interesting. So they go to the the Nile Queen, which is a ship that's you know on the port and bringing stuff in bananas. I believe mm-hmm. you see a lot of, and uh, they just kind of give it to him straight up. They're like, "You had you brought in a sick man. Clearly, you brought him in illegally. We're not worried about that. We're more worried about the fact that everyone's gonna die." The, you know, the the ship captain and stuff. They're just like, "No, no, no, no. Everything's fine." And the whole crew's just like, kind of like they're sick people, and they're like, "Uh, wait, what's going on? Like, this guy yeah. might be saying something here." So, I mean, they start giving them vaccines ultimately and trying to also try to get information out of them, too. Exactly. Because that's where they have that whole lineup and they start interviewing like the cook and stuff like that to try to get the uh, they get very little information. The word goes through like all of the ship till it finally gets down to like, yeah, like the kitchen. And uh, they're like, yeah, the cook is sick. We got to get him vaccinated. Yeah. And they say that he boarded in uh, Oran uh, in uh, uh, I think that's in Algeria. Right, yeah, it's in Algeria, and then he he likes shish kebab, so not a whole lot. Yeah, of he's like, "What shish kebab?" And they're like, "Oh no, no!" Like, clearly, I'm a fan. It, was a, it was a new the thing guy, at the, the time. One, yeah, the one guy is like, "I'm a fan," <laughs> uh, which leads them to to the Greeks and going to Greek restaurants. Um, yep, and we, and that's John John Mafaris who owns that, and they talk to him and his wife, and they're very they're very skeptical, but his wife is also like, "Maybe you should tell him." <laughs> And then he's like, ultimately, he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to tell him. And, you know, there's a lot of like missed. Uh, they just kind of miss each other a lot. These, these two forces, because right. Blackie ends up at a, a Greek restaurant. He go, he's there to meet Poldy, who's 
fallen apart sick, not doing well, even though Jack Palance just doesn't buy this whatsoever. You know, he's mm-hmm. like, what's going on? And I just find that this is quite suspicious. You don't feel good, huh, Paulie? I got a pretty good doctor. Maybe he can take a look at you. I'll be all right. I'm just sort of cold in my head. I ought to be in bed. Ah, uh, uh, what? Ah, uh, you're always bellyaching. That's nobody fine. asked you. Leave him alone, Fitch. Maybe he's got a touch of swamp fever or something. Look, Paulie, I wouldn't have had him bother you. Only I wanted to ask. Fuck, Kochak, I never should have brung him that night. I'm sorry, Blackie, but you got your dough and everything. I wasn't up. thinking about him, Paulie. But now that you bring it up, he tell was me... nothing, honest. He was nothing. Just enough to have every cop in town looking for him. They grab him every guy in sight, whether he's got a record or not. Yeah, <laughs> I even picked up the master criminal here. <laughs> Why do you suppose they're doing that for me? I don't know, Blackie. It's like I told Fitch, you was a cousin of mine, but I don't know nothing else about him. Some cousin? He might have killed you if I hadn't been there. Yeah, fine cousin. I thank you, Blackie, but he, he didn't bring nothing into the country. I mean, he was... What made you say that, Pony? I don't know, Blackie. I just thought that maybe the cops or maybe you thought that... Uh, I gotta get out of here and get some water. Sit down, Pony. Here's some water. Let me just say that. And then, yeah, I think this is around where you see like that news reporter who's been popping up, like get arrested so they don't have the quote unquote panic in the streets. Yeah. Like, hey, uh, sorry about that. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe we get this guy off the streets so he doesn't have that panic start. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Poldy ain't doing so hot. Uh, he's got his like mom taking care of him. Yeah. He always goes home when he's sick to yeah. his mom. And so, Blackie is able to track him down there. And he's like, I'm bringing in my own doctor. He's going to take care of you. And there's like a nurse there like, oh, no, what's going on? Like, I could take care of you. Like, no, 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 my own doctor. Don't worry about it. We got this guy. We got to go to the hospital. They're saying like one's got like, oh, we got to go to the hospital. He's like, no, we can't go to the hospital. Um, (laughs) But ultimately, Uh, they do one of the one of the craziest things in the in the movie. Oh, my God. (laughs) The greatest scene of all time. Like, so it's like uh, the pressure is on. We got to, you know, figure this thing out. Uh, so Blackie just kind of like they start to try to move Poldy out of the room on the mattress. To, yep, with the, on the mattress, and they start to go down the stairs, and then of course Reed finally is meeting up with them, and they're like, "Oh no, we got to get away!" So they're like, "Well, Poldy's just dead weight at this point in this Please. mattress." They just throw him over the stairs. The whole thing—it's incredible. Yeah, I, was I audibly like, was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, same. Yeah, it definitely was jarring. It's the the problem, of course, of just doing like the step by step of the plot is you know there's been an excitement throughout this movie. I hope that's coming across with us. Yeah, <laughs> you know we're we're doing the play by play, but right. there has been a panic, you know. And now though, it, from here on, it's just like ramped up and all payoff. Yeah, I mean it's a race against time for sure. I mean, I, I, I mean they're they're really trying to catch these guys because they don't want this the illness to spread. So I mean, yeah, I mean there is a palpable. Like they're really trying to do everything they can, but particularly read race to, against like, that 92 minute runtime or whatever it is yeah, too. Uh, yeah, for sure. You're really feeling it. But yeah, now it's just like, Oh crap, he's busted and Blackie's got to get away. So yeah, we got a, a nice, beautiful chase. You see the New Orleans police show up the the no, no po or whatever it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no PD. That was pretty great. Uh, and it's just like, we're like on the, the pier area. Mm-hmm. but it's it's a nice foot chase they go through a warehouse where they're doing the coffee and the bananas and mm-hmm. is like trying to hide and stuff and who's the guy with uh with uh blackie what's that guy's name so that guy is um fitch fitch who's just like this got this Other sweaty comb over yeah. thing that we should have pointed out he's got a great look to him yeah and uh he's just obviously not doing so hot this yeah. entire time yeah and it's just very beautiful, well done, executed chase. And so it, it really just comes down to Blackie at the end of it. This is the part where they're under the dock and he's like hiding. Jack Palance is hiding like above like the kind of the rafter yep. in it. And then which the, has a great reveal. Right. And then Fitch is Fitch is there like trying to pretend like he's like hurting. And then Reed comes over to get to him and then Palance jumps on him and then hits him, <laughs> hits him over the head with a gun and starts firing. And, you know, because the cops are there shooting at him. It's a whole showdown, which is pretty wild. And I mean, real quick before that, um, he's talking to the security guard 
at uh, Jack Palance, is talking to security guard, and they know each other because he used to work at the docks, like I mentioned earlier. Yep. And they're having this nice conversation. He's like, oh, yeah, old buddy, blah, blah, blah. And the minute the cops don't come in, just shoot Jack Collins just shoots him right away. Like, I'm just like, wow, dude. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's so brutal. Um, yeah. and then he tries to get himself onto the ship and he's just like climbing oh, the rope. Crazy. And it, it's yeah. Jack Palance, he's just really doing the work, killing it. First movie, you could tell this motherfucker is hungry and coming to work. It's... Oh, yeah. And what I didn't know at the time, but then I read about it after the fact was that thing that was that ultimately. Uh, preventing because originally they're going to say like oh we should shoot him down like no he's he's done like he's not gonna be able to, to get get away there's that giant ring around the line but it's it's like a it's like a, a rat stopper to prevent rats from i guess getting onto the ship um rat shields exactly. rat shield yeah uh, I, I didn't know that's what that was but i was like ooh wow yes but also i was reading the time by the time it was invented the rats had already made it here so yeah it, did, it didn't matter but yeah it didn't really do a whole lot looks nice doesn't it yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to step on your fun facts, but I did read that he actually did his own stunt for that. We'll um, get into it, Dan. Yeah, we'll be stepping. Don't worry. So, yeah, he falls into the water. We got him. All is well. Widmark heads back to his family and Barbara Belgetti's, and he, he's ready to pay the bills now. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. they're gonna have a second kid too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way, so maybe those bills are not going to be paid after all. Yeah, but he saved the world, Dan. Yeah, he did. We needed well, Widmark for New COVID. Orleans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, hey, that's who really bad is, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I appreciate the fact that I, I like that it was in New Orleans. And I, I know we'll probably get into like that ended up being kind of a, you know. Financially, it might not have yeah. been the best idea, but it, you know, really sells it. It's it, right. You know, it's different. It's, yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I could have used a little more of like establishing New Orleans. Yes. Like, you know, you as much as I'm glad that it was done there, you could definitely have soundstaged a lot of this one and it wouldn't sure. have made too much of a difference. But, you know, I'm I'm happy it's there for yeah. sure. 8.6 out of 10 vaccines, Dan. I, I like this. Oh, one. wow. Very high. Wow. Yeah, yeah I, I liked it. I, I thought it was a good ride. Um, Again, like I didn't dislike it. I, I wasn't like over the moon for it, but it definitely had some really great moments that I, I did like. I mean, we, we touched on, 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 I think, most of them. I think it's that ride aspect that it makes me rank it so high. It just really, yeah, you, you're feeling it. It moves and it has no reason to slow down and it doesn't. It's being directed by, you know, one of the all timers. Yeah. In many from, ways. From the point at which uh, the, they kind of catch up to Jack Palance and uh, Zero Mostel, who plays Fitch. Yeah. Uh, from that point where, where they break the glass on the top of, the, of that warehouse mm-hmm. and down from that point on. It's fantastic. So like very like, much so. I, I you know, between the ride aspect of it and the, yeah. the climax crackerjack yeah. ending, that's really what excels it, you know, for sure. Yeah. And you got mm-hmm. Richard Widmark in it, killing it. Sure. And, and Jack Collins just Jack being terrifying. terrifying. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And just the greatest shaped face of all time. And he's know? just a towering guy. Like it's he's very scary. Long way from City Slickers, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, City Slickers too, there to be go. precise. That's right. Curly's gold. Curly's gold. Yes. Thank you. We want to we want to be accurate here. That's right. That's what we're all about here on the show. Yes, accuracy. Uh so the screen story was partially based on a short story by Edward Onholt titled Some Like It Cold, <laughs> which was published under his uh, pseudonym Andrew Holt in Dime Detective magazine from February 1949. So this thing got success pretty quickly uh he later teamed with his frequent writing partner edna ann holt who was his wife at the time naturally mm-hmm. to come up with the story for this film which at the time was titled quarantine I'm sure you've heard mm-hmm. that before huh uh yeah. so throughout the process the film would actually go through many working titles including port of entry and outbreak you may have heard that before too mm-hmm. but in the end as revealed in director Ilya kazan's autobiography 20th century fox's sales department had come in and came up with the title Panic in the Streets to help with the film's potential for, quote, popular appeal. The film story was from Daniel Fuchs, but ultimately the screenplay duties were given to Richard Murphy, who worked very closely with Kazan, and Kazan actually claimed that they rewrote every scene every day. The script was under very close scrutiny, and the Hayes Code had already given them plenty of notes like Violet must not be suggestive of being a prostitute, Quote, we assume that there will be no suggestion that the police officer is killed and the scene of Martinez and the mattress falling should not be too realistically gruesome. Hmm. 
oops. Oops. <laughs> Uh, so there's a three month back and forth of letters fighting those suggestions until they finally took effect in the final script. Uh, and according to an article in the New York Herald Tribune from February 1949, Dana Andrews and Linda Darnell were originally cast in the film. Which is interesting. Is Yeah, I think we, we got the better end of the stick here. Though. Yeah. The film was shot on location in New Orleans, where Kazan had experimented with a documentary style of cinematography to help energize the action scenes. I mean, it moves, so maybe it is the cinematography. I don't know. Yeah. But the movie also featured many locals in small roles and as extras. And in fact, according to production notes, only 12 of the 112 actors with speaking parts were brought in from Hollywood and New York. Hmm. So mostly a local production here. H. Walter Fowler Jr., who plays Mayor Murray, was a New Orleans stockbroker. M- Emil Meyer, who played Captain Buclyde, he was a cab driver in the movie. And in Meyer's case, Kazan was out scouting locations and he noticed him working in the street and he liked his rugged worker look and said, you got the goods. Also new to the scene, as we said, was Jack Palance or Walter Jack Palance in this. This is debut screen appearance. Uh, Richard Widmark has a great quote about Palance where he calls Mm -hmm. him, quote, the toughest guy I ever met. He was the only actor I've ever been physically afraid of, end quote. Yeah. Love that. That's really saying something. I believe Uh, it. Widmark also said that Palance did his own, the own stunt of climbing that boat rope, which obviously Mm -hmm. uh, after two stuntmen had failed to do it. So he's showing them up too. Yeah. And then the scene where Palance hits Widmark on the head with the gun they rehearsed it with a rubber gun, but when the cameras rolled, Pound substituted it with a real gun. So, yeah, Widmark uh, <laughs> didn't Felt see it, it. coming, and yeah. uh, he was out for 20 minutes. Uh, and according to him, quote, he said, quote, why did he switch? Who knows? <laughs> Jack Pounds. <laughs> Jack Pounds, exactly. And he also, uh, Widmark said in a 1986 interview that Pounds got in the mood of his character by beating on Zero Mostel, you know, that big sweaty guy. Um, yeah. And he, he had him black and blue. He had to go to the hospital after his first week on the movie. And Widmark said they had to put him in Epsom pads. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Uh, Zero Mostel was actually blacklisted at this time. And mm-hmm. Kazan casting him had really helped get Kazan a lot of praise from those who were opposed to, you know, the, the blacklist at the time. But then, mm-hmm. of course, he lost all that goodwill when he himself would name names yeah. a couple of years later. Probably the most famous person to do so. Would you say that, Dan? Yeah, probably. He was the heaviest of hitters, yeah. Yeah. A uh, couple sure. couple fun facts about the boat. Well, we already said the rat trap one. That was very fun. We all love catching rats. Uh, <laughs> but mm-hmm. the, the boat, it's the SS Curiqua, which was owned by United Fruit Co., which is now Chiquita. Mm-hmm. We all love Chiquita. It was built in 1932 to transport fruit passengers and the mail between the U.S. and Central and South America Mm. before being requisitioned for use in the Pacific during World War II. And uh, it earned four battle stars before being returned to uh, civilian service in 1946 and was ultimately scrapped in 64. So I don't know how we get our bananas now, but I'm, I'm just glad we did. Yeah, uh, the, the film ultimately didn't do so hot. It, it failed to recover costs at the box office, which old cranky pants Daryl Zanuck at 20th Century Fox said was due to the cost of shooting in New Orleans. Uh, he felt if they made it for less money and on a soundstage, it would have been more profitable. But mm-hmm. it was incredibly well received critically. It was recognized by the Academy. It won an Oscar for Best Writing Motion Picture Story to the Anhalts in 1951. And Kazan would win the International Award at the 1950 Venice Film Festival. Hmm. It was also nominated, Dan. This one cracked me up. The uh, Writers Guild of America it had a WG award, award nomination for screenplay dealing most ably with problems of the American scene. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> uh, and finally, there was a radio adaptation, as was the thing to do in those times, on Lux Radio Theater which broadcast a 60-minute adaptation in March of 1951 with Richard Widmark and Paul Douglas reprising their roles. Cool. And I, I learned that Phil Douglas is actually from Philly. Hey, there you go. Philly Douglas. Lo- local guy. Well, shout out to the locals. Uh, you know, maybe I would have liked his performance a little more if I had known that. He did fine, but... Yeah, he was, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, against Richard Widmark, baby. You got to bring the action a little bit. Yeah, it was enough to, like, you know... 
there were very different personalities in it. So it was nice that you had the kind of like very contrasting personalities, but they kind of have to come together and work together. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of two opposites that, they ha- that like really don't feel like they work well together, but they kind of see something in, in one another, you know, by the end. And then you see like at the end, they kind of have a nice part and they say like, oh, you know, remember me, blah, 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 blah. And I guess they want to stay friends or whatever. So yeah. The original I mean, see- buddy comedy, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they could have had panic in the streets too, you know, <laughs> for all we know. <laughs> um, more, more panic. Um, yes. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I thought, I mean, yeah, for Jack Hounce and, and Woodmark alone, I mean, I think. That I mean, that's two. 100% why you're coming here, but you are rewarded with, uh, you know, an exciting movie and yeah. uh, just an incredible ending. So, yeah, interesting, interesting idea for the plot. I mean, it's definitely. But yeah. you could really see why, like, the world was so taken with Jack Palance at this time. Like, you know, like, this guy is going to be in some stuff. And yeah. Rightfully so. Like City Slickers, too. Oh, Curly's Gold, the legend of. Yes, that one. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right. Well, we saw so many old friends this week, Dan. Mm-hmm. I hope we still have time for old friends next week. I think we do. All right. Well, why don't we kick back the clock three years to 1947? Dan, though, I, you know what? I'm going to have to say goodbye to you. I know. Because you know why. I know why. I walk alone. I know you, uh, you do. You I do, do walk alone. Yeah. Get away from me. Yeah. <laughs> Someone always walks behind me. No matter where I go, he follows closer. And closer. And closer. of Cafe Society, where sophistication is the mask for raw, savage emotions, where romance and betrayal are as close as a kid. The oldest trick in the world. You want to pump a guy, use a woman. And I grab. Elizabeth Scott is Kay, the torch singer who knew too much about too many men, but not enough about the one she wanted most. Once you use that gun, you'll have a gun in your hand the rest of your life. That's not for me. Bert Lancaster is Frankie, the ghost from the Roaring Twenties, who thought he could boss the Flaming Forties. Dave, I'm gonna kill you, so help me, I'll rip you apart like... <laughs> Wendell Corey, star discovery of Desert Fury, as Dave. I think you're afraid now. And I'm not. Don't threaten me. Frankie paid, I paid. It's your turn now. Kirk Douglas as Nall, suave, polished host to the famous, but underneath it all, a killer. Your hands are sweating. When you pull the trigger, your finger will slip. This one's going to be interesting. I'm. I, I, have you seen this one before? Yes, I have. It's oh, been okay. quite a while. It was actually yeah. probably around the same time I saw this one for some specific people in it. Um, yes. Not necessarily the main two. But yeah, I'm excited to... to it's been a long time. I, I, I want to refresh myself and same. really get into it. But I'm looking forward to uh, that episode. Yeah. In a lot all, of good old friends. All yeah. Ways. yeah, we love old friends. You know, look, even if the movie's a stinker, yeah old friends baby that's what it's all about truth so go give a call to your oldest friend say thanks for being there you know why don't we talk enough anymore thanks for being a friend exactly we love we love those golden girls (laughs) you set me up for that one it's true although i did just finish watching mary tyler moore show for like the millionth time and so good that betty white so funny national treasure and it's just funny how she played the opposite character on Golden Girls. Yeah. And then it's like more well known for that. So it's like, it almost makes, 
it more rewarding to watch Mary Tyler Moore show and see Sue Ann Nivens and be like, ooh, yeah. some nasty, horny little character, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, John Amos, the only cast member left at this point, Dan. Wow. Gordy, yeah. Wow. But that man is an institution. Yeah. Yes. I'm not worried about John Amos in any way. Talk about someone who walks alone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan. Yeah. Where, where do we, uh, yeah, we'll do the subscribe first. What, where do you do that? Uh, you go to all the it's, places where the podcast Your favorite are. one is, uh, well, I figured out YouTube at this point. I don't know. I keep trying to figure it out. And what about Deezer? Is it on are, Deezer? It could be. Well, is, Deezer, is Deezer just music? I don't know. I don't know Deezer. I know. I think only Ghost of Town is on Deezer. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, go to the wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, Apple Podcasts, if you want to leave a review, rate, subscribe. You got mm-hmm. Spotify. We got some nice ratings there. Yeah. Uh, we're just glad to have you. Nice to hear um, from you. It is nice to hear from you. Uh, but the best way to hear from someone is probably like one of those old-fashioned emails, right? Yeah. Best, the best you know, thing other than getting like a mail, mail in the letter, you know, like a letter in the mail. There we it's go. Mail, mail. Yeah. Not the band, though, right? No. <laughs> We're going to email it to the real out of the podcast at gmail.com. That's well, we did doing. a dot com. This is how you know he's on top of it. I'm on all right. Game. We got all that out of the way. I need my social media, baby. I don't walk alone. I I, uh, I need people. Where do I find them? Well, first you go to the Instagram and that's Instagram. Uh, always naturally. At, I just woke up. I'm, I'm, yeah. I got to pee in the morning. Yep. And but uh, I, I'd rather wait and look at Instagram exactly instead. until I'm bursting and then I'll finally go. But I'm just going to hold it and look at all my Instagrams, all all the stories from my favorite friends and followers. Mm-hmm. And that's out, out of the podcast. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's just out of the podcast. Yeah. Well, I'm saying the at sign. It's I don't at. want anyone to type AT, although maybe we should get that. That'd be funny, right? Nobody does yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know. There's a bit for you. I uh, guess the at was implied, but that's what I was saying. Yes. Who else uses an at, Dan? Is there another service that does that? Uh, that would be Twitter. It is Twitter. Yeah. I feel like they're especially like they were the original adders. Yeah. The original at. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that would be uh, uh, out of the cast. Yes. Yes, it would be. Great. Shout out to Twitter. Shout out to Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but. They're there. Well, the users. Let's just say the let's people just say on them. There. There's yeah. wonderful people that use these things that make us think that we should keep doing it as well. Yes. We come back we... for you and only you. Yes, that's I do appreciate that. Yes. Not the way these people keep breaking these services and they become more impossible to use. Yes, that's not cool. No, not cool, guys. Yeah, don't do that. No. All right. Well, this one's for John Amos and the rest of you Noiros out there. We're holding them up, and we're saying, hey, here's the crime. Is it a crime? And getting your vaccines. <laughs>